Hey friends, welcome to the Confetti Moments Podcast. I'm your host, Courtney Hinshaw. I believe that picture books open the magic for all readers. Today, open your heart and let all the book feels in. It's going to be so much fun. Let's open the magic. Welcome to another episode of Confetti Moments. I'm so glad you're here. On today's episode, I get a chance to sit down with Trudy Ludwig of The Invisible Boy, Quiet Please, Owen McPhee. And today we're going to talk about her new book, Brave Every Day. You are in for a bookful treat. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited, Courtney. It's going to be such a great episode and I'm one of your biggest fans, so I'm going to try not to fangirl too hard as we're talking. (laughs) Why don't you tell my listeners a little bit about yourself? Well, um, I, you're right now, um, I am based in Portland, Oregon. Um, I have written 12 books, uh, children's books. My focus is on writing books to help kids connect with each other in kinder and more caring ways. Um, I used to be in advertising and marketing, um, and I got tired of creating landfill to write (laughs) about products I really had no interest in myself. And I started writing uh, my first book when I noticed that kids were having some problems with their friendships. Um, They'd be frenemies. And I realized that that had been going on since I was a kid too. It's probably been going on since humans have interacted with one another. Absolutely. And I realized there really wasn't any resource. I mean, there was a lot about bullying and physical bullying, but there wasn't really much about um, emotional bullying hidden within friendship groups. And that really got me started on this journey is how can I write stories to help kids understand and connect with each other in better ways and to have happy endings where you're letting go of unhealthy relationships. Yes, I I hope you know how many teachers love your work and The Invisible Boy is just, I think one every teacher uses in their classroom and watching my students really see like how, and I know that the, um, you, you write the words, but when Patrice does the like black and white of Brian, I think, yeah, Brian, and then it moves to the colorway, like what a powerful statement and how your words really help kids understand what it means to be invisible. And we have a great conversation in my class. Would you rather be invisible or like be in the know, but being made fun of. And it's so interesting to see kids' perspectives and talking through. So just thank you for your work. It's helping teachers all around the world navigate SEL in their classrooms. Oh, thank you so much. I mean, this is truly my mission in life. Um, I really, um, that's why I love picture books is because um, uh, Molly Pearson, who, who is a librarian and um, author, she she explained that picture books are really big ideas in small packages. And that's what I love about picture books is because, you know, as an author, I'm telling a story using my words, but a picture book illustrator, they're also telling the story um, in a different level. They can add levels to a story. And that's why I love also working with um, Patrice Barton, because she does an amazing job capturing emotions in her artwork. Yes, she does. Why do you think picture books are so important at like a one level, but then also for parents and teachers to use them to teach SEL in their classrooms? 
Well, I am um, a big advocate of uh, bibliotherapy, using ch uh, children's books to um, address social emotional issues kids navigate in their childhood on a daily basis. Um, I think, um, to me, it's really important to promote empathy and empathy can be taught and books are a wonderful supplemental tool to use with adult guidance in a safe social setting. And um, one of my favorite um, quotes is by Dr. Rudine Sims Bishop. She's a professor emerita at Ohio State University and she wrote this amazing article. I don't know if you're familiar with it. I am, I love her work. Glass doors, yes. you know, and um, that, is what my heart is on um, with, with storytelling. Um, storytelling can actually build that empathy muscle in the brain. And actually there's neuroscientific evidence behind that. For example, um, Carnegie Mellon University neuroscientists have found that um, when you get lost in a book, your brain um, lives through the characters at a neurological level. And Emory University neuroscientists have found that fiction actually tricks our brain into thinking that we're part of the story. So books truly shine light on ourselves and others, you know, and um, that's what I love is the power of books to do that. And for kids to connect and see themselves in the story and also to expose themselves to others who may, as I tell kids when I present at schools, you know, we all come in different packages, right? We have different skin colors. We may have um, different family units at home and uh, we may have um, different religions we practice or um, ways of talking, ways of dressing, but we all have the same heart, right? And this is the thing, we all wanna feel valued and respected and accepted and included. And that's what I'm trying to show with kids is that when you, intentionally exclude other people, um, you're actually, um, in some ways, as I tell the kids, you're wearing a bully hat because um, you're telling the person that they have no value. And social isolation is one of the worst forms of actually, you know, um, pain for kids. Um, they actually, they, they found out that the part of your brain that lights up when you experience physical pain lights up when you experience ostracism. So um, what I want to do is help kids understand um, that one of the kindest things you can do is be inclusive with other kids and to celebrate our differences and, um, you know, um, and include each other and learn from one another. I love that. Oh my gosh. I just like want to take you in my pocket and take you to my school and just <laughs> tell everybody all of this because it's so true. And I tell my own parents in my own classroom, like, yes, grades are important, but like, I'm more worried about if they're the nice kid and that they're feeling loved in my classroom and that they're learning how to socially accept everybody who's different than them, because that's, what's going to make the world go around. Nobody's going to be like, oh, what did you get in fifth grade on your spelling test? Right. I mean, no one, but no they one. are going to know, were you the nice kid? And I was very bullied as a kid because I was very overweight and I'm 30, I'll be 38 this, um, or I am 38 in April. And I still think of things that happened to me when I was in fourth grade. And so my mission in my classroom is to be the teacher who uses books like yours to promote kindness and empathy and learning that we can embrace differences and we can embrace kindness. And that's what makes the world go round. So 
I, I love learning from you. I was actually just talking to my podcast manager about, I really want to learn from my guests. And I have learned so much already from you. We've only been recording 10 minutes. So <laughs> this is great. Um, what were you like as a reader growing up? I was an introvert. I still am an introvert. And that surprises, including my husband, we'd have discussions about this. Are you, you know, I don't think so, Trudy, you know, you're pretty, you, you say hi to everyone in the neighborhood. And you, when you're at a party, you, you ask questions. I said, yeah, but I am a social introvert. I, I really have the need to recharge being quiet and alone. Um, and that's important to me, but I know how to perform. I know how to be with people, but I still need that, that time. So I was a very serious child growing up. Um, introvert. And um, yeah, um, to, I, I took myself a little too seriously, I think. And um, I cared too much of, um, you know, where I was going and what I was doing. Um, and so I had to learn as I got older to lighten up again and be able to laugh at myself. Um, so that introverted side, um, I was, I was the youngest of um, six kids. And um, so I, um, I was a vicarious, I observed things vicariously, you know, I didn't feel like I had to be the one doing it, you know, yes. and um, I observed people. And um, I think that's also helped me, you know, as, as an author, I think um, you just, you can see stories playing out in your head by just watching what other people are doing really, right? And I think that's what stories are about is um, there's always gonna be a problem and you're trying to solve the problem, otherwise, no one would pick up the story because it'd be boring. <laughs> right. So, so I just watched a lot, but I also, as a child, I was a child that, you know, made mistakes. Um, but I want to share that with also kids that, you know, we make mistakes, but we don't want to label people right. um, because kids' jobs in some ways are to make mistakes so that they can learn how not to keep making those mistakes. And hopefully those grownups that are in their lives will turn those mistakes into teachable moments for the kids, right? Um, so, um, you know, and I was very fortunate. I had some grownups in my life that turned my mistakes into teachable moments. And um, yeah, we're all works in progress. I'm still got a lot to learn, you know, but that's where I was as a kid. Yeah, no, I think that's so powerful. And it's, it is a good reminder that kids are kids and they're going to make mistakes, but it's our job as the adults in their life to not shame them, but to help them learn from their mistakes. And so yeah. that when they're older, they don't make those mistakes. So what a great point to think about, because as a teacher, sometimes it's like, okay, why do they keep doing X, Y, and Z? And it's yeah. just, well, because they still need that modeling and they still need the the love and the caring you know relationship with that adult to learn from their mistakes so and that's why I love books is because it allows kids to try on different solutions for problem solving and they see the problem going on so if they can relate to that situation and go huh oh that's an interesting way that they handled it you know um there's other ways of of handling a situation and, and also kids are very impulse driven. I mean, that's just the way they're, they're hardwired their brains. I mean, you know, hopefully we adults are walking around with our prefrontal lobes intact and, and working them, you know, but right. really a lot of um, emotional expressions and impulse decision making is being done in their kids um, amygdala. 
And the transition from their amygdala to the frontal lobe doesn't take place till the mid twenties. And for boys, it can be up to 30 years of age. <laughs> I have a son, so let me tell you. <laughs> but um, so this is something that I also try to educate adults who work with kids, whether they're parents or caregivers, is that um, we all need to be emotion coaches and don't assume our kids are reading each other's emotional expressions correctly. Um, their brains aren't fully developed. There's a lot of plasticity going on and, um, and their works in progress, their brains. And so I think that's what's wonderful with picture books is because they can also display emotions and you can have the kids learn, oh, oh, what do you think that person's feeling, you know, and, and having conversations about it, which is why I tell kids, you may think you're reading each other's emotions correctly, but you need to check in with your words. Right. Oh my gosh. I love this. I just need you to come teach in my classroom. So <laughs> you're just so, so great. Cause I, I like agree so with so much about what you're saying. And it is true because sometimes I'll ask my kids when they're in like a conflict, like, how do you think that other persons are feeling or by their body language, what, what are they thinking? And kids like they're very egocentric, right? Yeah. Egocentric. Yes. And they don't sometimes think about other people's feelings. And so it's interesting to get to teach them about that. Okay. I have to know about your new book called Brave Every Day. Oh my gosh. It's just, I'm so pumped about this book. So I want to know what is it about and kind of also tell your story of how you became an author to make these incredible books. Well, I'll start with the story behind this story. Okay. So, um, I have an anxious son. I have an anxious daughter, different levels of anxiety, and I am an anxious person myself. Um, but I know that anxiety has been skyrocketing over the years because when I travel around the country, that is one of the top issues administration and staff tell me that they've seen that the anxiety levels from kindergarten up has skyrocketed the past 10 years. We're going from one crisis after another crisis and kids are seeing it unfold, especially online, you know, everyone has access to social media and uh, TV. And um, I was talking with a family member and my sister-in-law sent me an article. It was a blog post about uh, written by a woman who deals with her own anxiety. And I loved, I loved, um, I don't know if I can say this, if this is appropriate. Is this just for adults? Because what she, this, this, this writer said that people who suffer from anxiety are actually badasses. That's what she called them. Oh, good. So I'm a badass. That's awesome. Thank you for reaffirming me. Today. Yes. Um, and, um, and I loved that approach because what she was saying is people with anxiety have to go beyond their comfort zone every single day. How brave is that? Right. And I love that because I've never seen a children's book address anxiety from that perspective. It's sort of like, okay, it's outside, it's coming, you, 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 you answer the question and then whoop, magically it becomes, it disappears. And I, I think that when you have anxiety, you have to deal with it throughout your life. I yep. mean, it's something you have to manage, right? And I really wanna come from a place of authenticity and respect working with kids and know how would I feel as a kid? I mean, it's sort of like, well, it's still not going away, you know? Um, so I wanted to approach it from the angle to let kids know how brave they are and that it's an ongoing process of managing your anxiety. And I also wanted to explain really what is anxiety? And I, I was able to bring it down in my own head. You've seen books about what ifs. 
But that's only a part of anxiety. And I, I thought of three ways of looking at anxiety. And I thought that, you know, it's components. And I broke it down into three components. Not only what if, it's also I can't and I'm scared. That's how I, I interpreted it. And so that's how I wanted to approach it with this girl in who's the protagonist in this story is, um, you know, kids who have anxiety, you know, they're constantly having those dialogues in their head. And when I was thinking of the story and I wrote, you know, some kids like hide and seek, not Camilla. She just likes to hide. Hiding is what she does best when she worries and she worries a lot. And then I read this research article by this um, anxiety clinic director who said that kids who suffer from anxiety are often called the hidden children. And I went, perfect, because they're in hiding. They don't feel safe. They always, they go in their comfort zone. It's their comfort bubble, right? And so I wanted to show this girl had to go beyond her comfort bubble and what would motivate her to do that, you know? And that's what I wanted to show is how did she do that? And part of it is learning that her heart is bigger than her fears. And that's, you can't be brave unless you're afraid. So powerful. I cannot wait to get my hands on it. Oh, okay. <laughs> thanks. Oh gosh. I, I love that. And I love getting to know her name. Cause I always wonder like, Ooh, what, what did the author name the main character? And oh yes. gosh, I can't wait to see how it ends. Well, you have been working with Patrice Barton for gosh, how many years now? Let's see. The first book came out in 2013. That, um, that was the invisible boy. That was our first collaboration together. And then 2018 was Quiet Please, Owen McPhee, which I love. And, and the fun thing with that one is that um, we became friends after The Invisible Boy. She's based in Austin, Texas. And at the time, my daughter was living in Austin. And so I asked if I could meet her. And then we became quick friends. And so when I visit my sister, I would always visit her. And um, so we chat a lot um, or we text. And this Brave Every Day book, I actually wanted to do another book with her. And that's why I wrote this. One of the reasons too is I had her in mind for this book. And I knew with my editor, they were so happy with her work before with me. We just are a really good team. Um, she totally gets where I'm coming from in the stories. And I just love how she expresses um, the characters. Um, so yeah, that's, um, that's how this came about. But you know, with um, The Invisible Boy, it literally took a year before she started working on the story when the story was complete and written because she's such a popular illustrator. I had to wait a year before she even started doing the illustrations. And so it took three years for that book to come out by the time the story was completed. Wow. So people don't know that. And also the interesting thing with picture book authors, we don't get to pick who the illustrators are. The publisher does, unless you're self-publishing, then you can, you know, but they'll, they'll be kind and say, what do you think? We're interested in this illustrator. And you can tell them your opinion, but ultimately the, you know, decision rests with the uh, editor. So it's, it's fascinating to see. It is so fascinating. Well, we have so much in common. I'm the youngest of three, well, I only have three, two other sisters. And then my sister lives in Austin too. So, oh wow. Yes. I love getting to go visit 
Texas. It's a great place to visit, but I'm a California girl at heart. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm a Pacific Northwest girl. My daughter actually moved um, to Seattle, which was where she was originally born. But um, and my son lives there now, too. They both got jobs in the summer there. So I'm like empty nester now. This is kind of wild. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So how do you pick the people or the topics that you're going to write about? Um, sometimes, um, oftentimes they pick me. Um, so this is the weird thing. Um, I, it's almost like a little voice is whispering in my head and it usually is a title. The title serves as an anchor for me of what the story is going to be about. And that happened with my first book. Um, sometimes it's not that it's a different title and then it gets changed, but it's a working title for me. For example, trouble talk. Originally I had the title as big mouth. <laughs> And then my editor said, you know, that's kind of kind of offensive for the start of the title. Let's do a different title, you know, and I went, OK, trouble talk. Um, but so sometimes the titles obviously change, but that happens. Now, the other thing is, is what I observe when um, when something pisses me off that I observe that's happening, I want to address it. And that's my way of, you know, dealing with an issue. Um, for example, when my daughter, my first book started when I saw my daughter having issues with her friends. And it really upset me because I didn't know how to help her. And there was a resource gap. So I thought, I'm going to try to write something that would help her and other kids that are in that same predicament, right? And then um, people would say, hey, you need to write a book about, hey, you know, and also kids um, with uh, the Quiet Please O McPhee. That was so funny. I was at a school in um, New Jersey. I was doing um, multiple schools um, in New Jersey, and I was waiting for the librarian who was my host who arranged all these multiple school visits. And it was the end of the, the trip, and I was back with her because she was going to take me to the airport. And it was the last session in her library, and it was um, a special high needs class, right, that came in. And she was there with these kids that were all over the, all over the place, third, third graders third or fourth graders. And there was, <laughs> they were just like listening to her read a book and she's trying to go through the book, you know, it's a picture book and the kids kept it interrupting her like, oh, Mrs. Mrs. I love to say her name is Andrews. I forgot her, her last name. I need a Kleenex. I get something on my finger, you know? And then another one is like, what happens next? You know, it's just, well, if you just be quiet, you'll see if you just let me turn the page and you stop trying to go through the pages. I was just watching that and I was just laughing because I was sitting in the back of the room and then the bell rang and I could see the librarian just, oh, just like, oh, thank God the bell rang. <laughs> and then one of the boys that kept interrupting ad nauseum comes running over to me and I was at a round table and he leans over and he sticks his head in my face. He goes, Mrs. Ludwig, I have an idea for another book for you. And he leans back and I'm like, well, what is it? And he goes, it's about a kid who talks too much. He goes, and it should be, Shh. and I just looked at him, my mouth just dropped open and I'm like, oh my God, that's brilliant. <laughs> so I, I went, I dedicated that book to him, Charlie. Oh my gosh, I love it. So Charlie inspired me and here's the boy who knew he talked too much, but he couldn't help himself. He was so excited. And I modeled um, Owen McPhee after him. Oh, that is great. I know I love, we, we read that book a lot. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, oh my gosh, I love that. So you kind of just talked about author visits. Are you doing them now? Do you do virtual? What do you do? 
I do both actually. Um, I just got back from, a, um, I went two times this um, March um, for a week at a time. I went to, so I did about eight schools. I presented at eight schools in South Carolina, uh, Columbia, South Carolina. That was my first, well, that was my first out-of-state pandemic in-person kind of visit. I did uh, test it out before I did um, a local in-person visit, but most of my visits have been virtual. Um, and I still am doing virtual. Um, I just did one in Pennsylvania, uh, was it yesterday, the day before? Um, so I do virtual visits there. I've got more virtuals coming up. Um, not only do I present to kids, but I also do uh, workshops and professional developments for staff or for school district staff. And I also do um, parent talks on helping helping adults uh, foster empathy and helping them navigate their kids' social world, um, friendships, cliques, and power plays. So um, I do that too. So I could, because I believe what I'm dealing with is a community issue that must be addressed with the community. So I provide tips, tools, and resources. Um, and, and one of the things that I do when I work with the kids, because I'm kind of sneaky, I'm a, I'm a children's author, but I actually come in as a children's author, but I'm teaching them character ed. So, um, you know, helping them understand, you know, what's hurtful, what's not hurtful, what's bullying, what's not bullying. And I actually give them empower tools and I invite kids to insult me so I can show how to respond without being hurtful back. That is powerful. And where can people get more information about signing up for your visits or your PDs? Um, well, with the signing up for my visits, they can just go to my website um, and contact author. And it has my email. It's um, Trudy at TrudyLudwig.com. And then, then once I have school interest, then I forward it to um, my coordinator at Penguin Random House. And then she initiates, gives the information about my availability and presentation content and, and fees. And, um, and then she takes it from there and she initiates it. And then once we know what I'm gonna be doing, then I work directly with the school contact person. Yeah. That's, so, that's so fascinating. Well, one of my favorite questions to ask every author, because I love knowing what's coming next. Can you tell us about any upcoming book projects you're working on? Oh, yes. Yeah. So we have The Brave Every Day coming out, June 28th. Yes. Um, and I have a book. Are you familiar with Catherine Atoshi's work of One Zero? Yes. Yeah. Uh, Beautiful Hands. She and I have been collaborating on a book together. Oh. oh. This is one of my most important books and one of her most important books that we both said, this is, you know how each book is a labor of love for us? And I kept telling her, oh my gosh, this is breach birth for us <laughs> because it's dealing, we've been collaborating since day one and it's inspired by a true story. And it's a heavy duty book because it's dealing with loss and grief. And we wanted this book to almost be like a graphic novel for a picture book. And that's what it is, it's beautiful. And it's showing how, People experience loss, kids and grownups in different ways, and that's okay. Mm -hmm. And how big feelings need to come out because it's hard to keep those, they must find a way to be released. And it's based on a true story of a phone booth. I don't know if you've heard about this. Um, it, it happened in Japan, This it's called the wind phone. And what happened was um, in Otsuchi, Japan, this wonderful man, uh, lost his 
beloved cousin, or I think, and he wanted to find a way to communicate with him. So he, he built an old fashioned uh, phone booth with the rotary phone not connected to anything in his garden overlooking the cliff of the Pacific windy ocean. And um, a year later, uh, the tsunami and earthquake hit and um, word got out about his phone, wind phone, and people were making pilgrimages all over from Japan to use this phone to help process their grief. And then word further got out and people from around the world go. And so I've used this wind phone to talk about grief and how we handle it and hope. It's a story of healing and hope. And um, the, the book is called Calling the Wind. Beautiful. What? Yes. I, wow. I'm really, really looking forward to that book. And yeah, grief is definitely an interesting thing to process. And it's interesting to process in your own family and how we are all cut from the same cloth, but we all process grief very differently and accepting how one person processes it versus the other. It's definitely a life experience for sure. So that'll be a really wonderful book. Thank you. Thank you. And her artwork is phenomenal. The watercolors are just, they're pieces of art. They're just beautiful. And when does that come out? That comes out October 4th. Oh, yay. October is always a good month of picture books. coming. I up. think so. I think so. And, and what I love about this book, it's not just about dealing with death. It's about change in life, any loss. You know, if your parents are going through a divorce or you have to move, it's how do you deal with those big feelings mm -hmm. and, and showing that in time, you know, you still have grief. Grief never leaves you. It just changes. And I think that's important for kids to know that's very normal. And, but there is hope and there is healing um, and a lifestyle or a life never ends. It just love lives, lives on, you know? And I think that's important for kids to know that love always lives on. For sure. For sure. So before we get to our quick rapid fire questions, is there anything else you would like to share with my listeners? Oh gosh, no. Um, I'm just grateful that uh, people are finding my books helpful. Um, this is um, truly a passion for me. Um, and I hope that um, I continue to write books that really resonate with kids um, and to help them thrive and to help teachers because honestly, what you're doing, you're out in the front lines every single day. I mean, I come in, hello, I'm an author. Look what I got, <laughs> you know, but you're there every day dealing with the kids. So I have nothing but such respect for teachers and for school counseling professionals yes. to really help these kids because these are really, really difficult times. And especially, you know, since the kids in some ways, their social emotional development has been um, altered or stymied a bit because of the pandemic and not being there. But um, the other thing is I have such faith because um, I, I believe that kids are not just our future, they're our present. Mm -hmm. And I really do believe I have such faith and hope in kids. I've been just restored by when I travel to see there's so much good. And I think that um, we don't hear a lot enough of it. You know, we just hear about the bad, but really more kids are being decent. And I have faith that they're going to be our change makers. Agreed. Oh, I just, I love kids so much too. So, okay. Here are the rapid fire questions. What book are you most excited to come out in 2022? Oh, well, both of those books for very different reasons. Um, the Brave Every Day, um, just because anxiety is such a big thing and I just love her artwork. 
and um, calling the wind because I've been wanting for years to do a book with Catherine and she did such a, an amazing job with my book and that and um, I'm just excited with both of those. Great. Oh, yay. Me too. Okay. Are you left or right-handed? Right-handed. Okay. I, 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 I'm laughing because I went to ILA about four years ago and everybody was left-handed and I was so excited. So I thought, well, maybe I'll let like authors and illustrators are left-handed because we're super creative. And the last like 11 people I've interviewed, you're all right-handed. So I'll just stay on my left-handed journey alone still. It's okay. Well, you could have people that are, have, did you find out if they're ambidextrous? Because there are some people that can do both. That is very true. I have not asked. I'll have to check that out next time. Yes. What is your favorite bookstore? Oh, Powell's. Mm. Powell's City of Books. Um, that's the largest independent bookstore I understand in the world. The downtown one here in Portland is two city blocks long. Oh, I kid you not. And it's new and used book. That if when anyone comes to Portland, one of the top sites you have to see is Powell City of Books. It's a yeah. labyrinth, a labyrinth of rooms. Oh, I can't wait. Oh, I love touring bookstores. So I'll definitely have to check that one out. What is your favorite place to read? I have two places. One is when I'm horizontal in bed. <laughs> and the other one is when it's cold. I like sitting by our fireplace and I sit on the floor we have this one of these little chairs that kind of the mobile chairs to sit on the floor and I sit by the fireplace and I hog the fire for my husband, but I love reading there. Oh, that sounds wonderful. If you could put yourself in any book, what book would it be? It would have to be Counting by Sevens. Um, that book, Counting by Sevens by Holly Goldman Sloan. Oh my gosh. I'm actually rereading it again because I, I think it's brilliant. I think, um, I hope, I thought it was going to be a movie, but usually when I read books that really resonate with me, I go, ah, that's going to be a movie. You know, I just knew it would be a movie. So um, I love the character. I love her, the voice. It's just beautiful. It's a beautiful story. I think it's brilliant. It is. It's, it is a really great one. I would love to be in that story. Right. Oh, so good. I want to be, I want to be Willow's friend. Yes. This has been such a fun conversation. Where can my Confetti Moments listeners find you and connect with you? Oh, I'm on um, social media. So um, at Trudy Ludwig on Instagram, Twitter. Um, I'm on Pinterest. I'm on LinkedIn and I'm on Facebook at, you know, Trudy Ludwig. So um they can send me a Facebook friend request because I don't have it as public because I like to review who's coming in because I don't want to have single widowed men trying to contact me anymore. Absolutely <laughs> I mean, <not. laughs> if you know of any uh, 35 to 45 year olds, you can send them my way. I will do that, but I got to make sure they're not catfishing. Yes, very <laughs> true. Very true. Because there are a lot out there, but um, not there um, are. You are such a joy, and I, I can't thank you enough for the work that you're doing in promoting wonderful books. I, I just love your list of books that you've been um, recommending, and you're doing this on top of being a teacher, so kudos to you. You're wearing a lot of hats. That I am, but I love it, and I especially love your work, and The Invisible Boy will always be one of my absolute favorites, and I cannot wait to read Brave Every Day because I know it's going to just touch my heartstrings so heavily, so thank you. Thank you. Hey teachers, 
How are you? I am just so thankful that you have been listening to the Confetti Moments podcast. It is something that I love to do. I love to share my love of picture books and books and the love of teachers with all of you. And you know what I would love as well is, hey, why don't you share this podcast with another friend to spread the magic with them and leave a comment. Let teachers know, what do you love about this podcast? What do you want me to share more of? I would love to hear from you. All you have to do is go on to wherever you listen to your podcast and leave a review. Thanks so much. And as always, open the magic. Thank you so much for tuning into the Confetti Moments podcast. I hope each story or tip you heard today brings the love of reading into your heart. Take this confetti and sprinkle it all over the children in your classroom or home. See you back here next Monday to open the magic. Friends, I love a good graphic tee, don't you? Did you know that I just launched my new magic wear? Yes, that's right. I have new designs, colors, clothing, cups, and hats. You can celebrate the love of reading by rocking an open the magic hat to the beach, a picture books are my jam shirt to the gym, and sip your chai tea latte on Fridays like me in a all new All the Confetti Moments logo mug. Order today by visiting my shop at bit.ly backslash magic wear store. Again, that's B-I-T dot L-Y backslash M-A-G-I-C-W-E-A-R-S-T-O-R-E. All right, let's open the magic together and spread the love of reading all around the world.